as we start today, uh, I want you to think about kind of those words, let it be said of us. Uh, We're going to start today with a video, and part of the reason for the video is to question, is it being said of us? Is this who we really are? And so, uh, and I'll just let you know it's a parody, so it's a little of my sense of humor. Uh, there's, there's a great heart behind it. You've got to read into it. Um, if it offends you, I apologize now. <laughs> uh, but before we start, uh, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. I thank you for the privilege of being here today, being able to be your messenger. Uh, Lord, may your words come through your heart, your message for our people uh, And may their hearts be ready to hear whatever you're calling them to hear. Lord, uh, we pray uh, for this time in your name. Amen. I am a furniture maker. I guess you could say I've been a furniture maker all my life. I was born into a furniture making family. My father was a furniture maker. His father was a furniture maker. It's in my blood. (laughs) What would you say you love most about being a furniture maker? (laughs) What don't I love? Um, the smell, that aroma, when you, when you enter the workshop of walnut and heart pine and oak, it's the smell, it's the smell of potential. You know, like I like to just take a piece of wood and, 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 and work with it and just dream. You know, what's this, what's this going to be? You know, who is this table or this desk or this chair going to belong to someday? And, you know, and then there's, there's also the, um, the community part. Um, I love that. You know, it, I often get together with other furniture makers and talk about design and, you know, swap furniture making stories, you know, and talk about the latest article in the furniture making magazine that we read. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. I mean, it's, I know, I know, it's, it sounds dorky, but, uh, you know, that's, that's who I am. <laughs> what would you say is your very favorite, you know, out of everything that you've done? What is your favorite piece of furniture? Mm. 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 Um, I'm sorry? Um, I said, uh, you know, out of everything that you've made, what's your favorite piece of furniture? Well, I, I actually have never made a... A piece of furniture? What? Uh, like, you never made anything? A chair or a table or 
you know, mm. ashtray. No. How long did you say you've been doing this? Oh, 18 years. Okay, so in 18 years, you're telling me you've never made a single piece of furniture? Oh, look, I mean, furniture making is is so much more than just producing things. Okay, it's 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 a way of life. Okay, this this is this is my identity. This is what I grew up on. I mean, this is what I've invested in. That's what I that's what I think about. It's what I dream about. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. It's just it seems like if you're going to call yourself a furniture maker, that you maybe should have made a piece of furniture. <laughs> well, I didn't know we had a. <laughs> An expert in furniture making here. <sighs> well, I don't even, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, I actually feel kind of sorry for you right now. Why? Yeah, you're so, you're 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 so narrow-minded. Uh, f- furniture making, furniture making is life. Okay, and and there's not anyone that I know. There's not a single person I know who is more committed, who's more dedicated to the art, to the ideas of furniture making than I am. And I am proud of what I do. I will tell the world, nay, I will shout to the world, I I'm a furniture maker. So per, perhaps you got the heart behind that message. There's something about our identity that's rather important to us. And if we don't look back and really question what that identity is, we may have missed the entire point of what our identity and why we have it. And sometimes we need to define it, because obviously if we missed an important part, I don't know if we really can call ourselves by, for here, a furniture maker. I did really appreciate that last image, right, of the piece of wood that has about 100 holes drilled into it. Um, Sometimes it feels like that, that we might be doing the same thing over and over and over again, but never really playing that identity out all the way. And sometimes it's going to be harmful for our own self-image if we look at our identities, because if we define it and we understand it, maybe someone's going to actually measure us for what we're supposed to be doing. And maybe they're critics. Or maybe they're just really there to make sure we're being the best furniture maker we can be. And maybe if we actually understood our purpose, a lot of our expectations and our assumptions would be blown out of the water. And maybe we'd link arms a little more holistically with our other furniture makers and we'd do it together because we're worried not about the art and the science and the love, but for what is supposed to be happening. Because uh, we're, we're doing these things for a reason. 
So our identity is important to us. And we've been walking through a few different identities over the last few weeks. And today we're going to talk about our identity as ambassadors. Um, I actually really like this one because this one you can go to Webster's and you get a really clean image of what an ambassador is that has kind of stood the test of time. Um, and so it's a little bit easier for, to tell some stories of how those relate, um, but also maybe even to see how this, this view and this identity of, an, of being an ambassador is so important because it has stood the test of time. We continue to have ambassadors today. We use them in all of our governments. We let them into our country. We let them create embassies, places they can live and they can do business as sovereign land of someone else's. Um, So ambassadors. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 11. starts in 11 and it says this. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God. And I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all. And those who, are, who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you. In a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. Ambassadorship is a unique office. Um, Today, we don't have too many people that are ambassadors. We have one selected for the country that goes out. And then it kind of depends. Some countries, one ambassador does four or five. And in other countries, there's one solely dedicated to that work. Um, Paul, in the beginning, offers a unique statement as well as he talks to the people of Corinth. And he says, either I'm crazy or I'm here as a gift. 
And he says, for if we are besides ourselves, it is for God. It's we who are in our right mind. If we're in our right minds, it's for you. This idea of an ambassadorship may seem crazy to some because we're called to go do something that puts us out, that requires us to step out of our comfort zone, to rely on nothing that we have. And we're going to look at who an ambassador is, but it's not about the message we get to create. It's about the message we are given. It's not about who we are, but it's about who we represent. And it's about being successful. Because if you have a job to do, if you're a furniture maker and you don't make furniture, are you really a furniture maker? Or do you just like your tools and the wood and being alone in the shop? Do you like your community that's like-minded? Or do you go to those who might need furniture? So let's continue on, and we're going to define what an ambassador is. And to do this, we're going to look at 2 Samuel 10. Uh, So we're going back to the Old Testament. Uh, And again, it's because this definition hasn't really changed. This is a really fun passage. After this, the king of the Ammonites died, and Hanu, his son, reigned in his place. And David said, I will deal loyally with Hanu, the son of Anash, as his father dealt loyally with me. So David sent by his servants to console, his, console him concerning his father. And David's servants came into the land of the Ammonites. But the princes of the Ammonites said to Haman, their lord, Do you think because David has sent comforts to you that he is honoring your father? Has not David sent his servants to search the city, to spy it out, and to overthrow it? So Hanun took David's servants and shaved off their beard, the beard of each, and cut off their garments in the middle at their hips and sent them away. And when it was told David, he sent to meet them, for the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, Remain at Jericho until your beards have grown and then return. And when the Ammonites saw they had become a stench to David, they sent and hired the Assyrians. And they started building a massive army. So as we look at ambassadors, we can see that they're sent as a representative of their king. That they're sent with a purpose. They have to be sent in a foreign land, otherwise they're kind of missing the point. And they're sent to be successful. And when they're not successful, sometimes things happen. So they're sent as a representative. They represent the king, and that's not a choice made easily. Right? This is the one who is going to share your message. So they need to have some loyalty. They need to be submissive because this isn't their message. So trust and accountability is important. As the king sends you on a mission... Because the king is going to trust what you're doing. The king has entrusted you to go do something. It's a high calling. And we're sent with a purpose. And we see a few of these things here in Samuel. But we will see this elsewhere. An ambassador is sometimes 
defined as a messenger, as an interpreter. It's really just to be sent. And so sometimes we see people being sent to contract alliances. We see this in Joshua, where they're trying to link arms with their common people to to go fight, um, to, to foster a, a kind of shared forces. They solicit forces, again, to fight together. In Judges, we see them seeking justice. We, as ambassadors of the U.S., we look to other countries and we send ambassadors where we're fearful for what happens to those local people. We have a view, we have a value for human life that isn't necessarily shared across international borders. And so as a country, we seek justice for those people. God does the same thing. He sends his ambassadors to seek justice for others, whether those be our people living in foreign lands or their people living in their own lands. And here in 2 Samuel David sent his servants to console a grieving son. We share in the loss of the grieving. We share in that that time of grief with other nations to recognize when a leader passes and then when a new one comes. Part of this message that they were sent on in this purpose was to also recognize the new head of state there, the new king, who was going to take on that new role. And throughout all of this, there's a message to be shared. God's got a specific message about his people and him as a, as a loving king seeking after his people to save them and to give them a future. And sometimes that is the message. Sometimes it's about justice. But we have a message that goes with it as well. But we also have to recognize that as we're a representative of our king and we're entrusted with a task to do, we have to be sent into a foreign land. Otherwise, we're not really an ambassador. We're just another citizen. And so going into that foreign land sometimes requires that you learn their customs. It requires that we learn their language. We understand where we're going. Otherwise, how do we make sure our message is heard? And they're sent to be successful. The goal isn't just to send someone to kind of arbitrarily say something, but to implant the message that the king has given. And when that's not heard, or it's not honored, the king responds. There was incredible dishonor in how they shamed the servants of King David. They shaved their beards. They cut their clothes in half. Enough where the king didn't just welcome them into, the, into his, to his home, but he went to them so they didn't need to be seen because this was an affront not just to them but to his leadership. And then he responds. He takes care of those, his ambassadors and then he goes off and he fights to make sure his message was heard. So an ambassador is a representative sent with a purpose into a foreign land 
in order to be successful. Back in Ephesians, or in 2 Corinthians, in verse 18, it reminds us, all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself and not counting their trespasses against them and then entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Ambassadorship is a special job entrusted to some very valued people. Jesus is our chief ambassador, and he's our example of what this looks like. As we see in this passage, Jesus is sent as a representative. God through Christ. This is that picture of the Trinity we have, where God is coming into a human body to be an ambassador on behalf of God the Father, to do work here. And he's sent here with a purpose, and that's to reconcile the world to God. This is the big gospel picture we have. Not just Jesus, a good guy who tried to do some good work, But Jesus, the Son of God, a representative God the Father, who was part of creation in the beginning, who was sent as a response to sin to help us be reconciled to God the Father. Because God has a purpose, and he wants us to be joined in that purpose. And he was sent to a foreign land. If we look at Jesus' life in, the, in his first few years, he was born with no place to lay his head. And it continued on with his earthly father, Joseph, not being able to go home, but having to flee to Egypt to escape his Herod's plan to kill all the newborn boys. And we see it again in the end, because if this was the king, his death would have been celebrated a little bit differently. Historically, kings were not ushered to the mountainside and executed. They were paraded down the center of the street with the entire military paying homage, people not casting jeers, but mourning and celebrating who he was. So this king is not a king of this land because he wasn't recognized that way. He's a king of a bigger land who calls us to a new home. And he builds us that kingdom, as we've heard before, that he says, in my father's house are many dwelling places. He's granted me a kingdom. And Jesus was sent to be successful And we know this because he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. And we're just waiting his coming again. But we have this hope and this knowledge of who he is and what he's done. And so he is our chief ambassador. He's given us this great example of what that looks like. 
But as it continues, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We also have a calling as ambassadors. Not just a few of us, but we are all valued and elevated as created in the image of God, as adopted into his family, and given this important position, this important role, as, and a part of our identity is being an ambassador. And so we're sent as representatives. And we represent God one with our words. In Matthew 12, it says this, that for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. God has an important message for us and that our words have value, our words have meaning, and they're part of our message. And so we're representing God with our words. We also represent God with our attitudes. In James 4, he says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. We all have had some of those people in our lives who can tell us the right things, but their attitudes do not line up. They know the right things to say, but we just don't trust what they're saying because they're said through gritted teeth. They're said through pain. They're said through arrogance and pride. And so when our, our attitudes don't line up with our words, that message is lost or it's confused. We're also a representative of God with our actions, sometimes our inactions. In Titus, it reminds us that we're supposed to be submissive to our rulers and to the authorities to be obedient and ready for every good work. So sometimes that's a call to action, to go respond, to speak the truth, to be there. Sometimes it's a call to inaction. We should hold our tongue. We should hold our response. That we offer forgiveness instead of retaliation. That we seek to reconcile versus to create a fight. And all of this kind of comes together as we represent God with our being. I think there's something special as God calls us and reminds us that we're made to be a light and that that's God shining through us. I want you to think back into your life. There is someone that you can think of, whether in this body, in your family, that was just that light in your life. They didn't need to say anything. They didn't need to do anything. But just them being by your side was an encouragement. There was something special about them, and you couldn't figure it out. We know there's a light that shines through us, and that is what that is. And so we represent that light into people's lives. And so as we represent God with our words and our attitudes and our actions and just in our being, that's also that we have the ability to, to complete the mission he's given us. Because we've been sent with a purpose. As 2 Corinthians says, we have a, mission, a ministry of reconciliation. That in Christ, or in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. 
We're not sent to condemn. We're not sent to convict others of their sin, but we're sent with this message of being made right before God. And it's this ministry that we have that allows us to see people for who they really are, of having a value. We value life. That's why we can go and truly be on mission to bring justice to the world, to bring mercy to those who need it, to love those who have been pushed down, to fight for those who don't have a voice. And not so that they are just valued people, but so they see their value to God. And this ministry of reconciliation is about ushering in a new leader, a new king. Because in this world, the, the, the thought, the heart of culture is no longer about what is right and what is wrong, about good and evil. Morality doesn't quite play to culture outside of our doors. But the idea of self does. That whatever makes me feel good is the most important thing. That I am my own king and everything else bows to me. But that's not the ministry of reconciliation. That's the ministry of being a king. And God says we're, we're called to be reconciled to him as our king. So part of our, our, our mission here is helping, helping people connect the dots, connect their hearts to who their true king is, not their self-centered lives, not their own desires, but what God is calling them to. Culture also has a different definition of what reconciliation should look like. That truth is not a defined term. That truth is what I like to make it. So if, if this is black, I can call it white, and you have no right to tell me that I'm wrong. But that message is a little different. We are here to help reconcile man to God and not God to man. So ambassador, as ambassadors, we have to be diligent not to alter our message because culture will change it. Culture says the king is not the king. Culture says, well, that was written in a time in a place, and so we need to reinterpret that with our viewpoint to lead. But as representatives, we're not granted that authority to change the message. We don't get to redefine or adjust God's truth. We do have a mission of trying to figure out how to speak God's truth into our culture, to interpret it into the current language. And this may be one of the greatest hurdles we face because it will be the, the place where people look at us and say, you're crazy. And I think this is why Paul says, I might be crazy, but if I'm not, it's only by God that you've been given this gift. And we can look at scripture as this incredible book of wisdom, but if we, all we do is leave it there, there's a lot of people who will pull bits and pieces out of that book, who may be, even be better 
theologians and historians than we could ever be, but never have the true light of knowing who their father is. But part of our mission is also understanding we live in this foreign land, that through Christ we're called to get out of this world, and we have to see that we don't belong here. And that's a little hard, because we live in the embassy of the church. And when we don't look outside our doors and see that it's different, when we take our embassy glasses and walk outside and see just another Christian country, we may misapply and misinterpret and share that message wrong. God says we're citizens of heaven. In in 1 Peter 2, it says this, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners, as travelers and exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. How we represent God is important through our words, through our actions, through our attitudes, and through our being because that's how people will see us outside of our doors. And although this isn't our home, we're called to go live in it. And as the Great Commission directs us, we're called to go share that good news, to go to be ambassadors, sharing the message of reconciliation with God through Christ. And so if we don't learn the language, we're going to be lost. If we don't see culture for what culture is and how they've defined terms, we're going to share a message that gets interpreted falsely. And sometimes we have to go learn the history so that we can be an engaging people. Because if we do that, hopefully we're going to be successful. You see, we're called to do more than just build the church. We are called to build the church, that it's a pillar of good news. But if all we do is build this embassy, we've missed our purpose. Imagine if all of our embassies across the world were just museums that showed how great the U.S. is or how great your country is, yet failed to protect their own citizens, failed to exercise those duties of creating alliances, of creating, of negotiating, of giving asylum, of, of providing justice for those in need. Do you think that ambassador would be successful? Do you think they'd be, they would continue to be entrusted with that role? You see, as ambassadors, we have to do more than build a great embassy. We can't hunker down when it gets hard. We can't stop engaging what's outside. We have to build alliances into our communities. And we have to share the message of who God is and what Christ did on the cross. And as we look at the last part of our scripture, the writer's bold. Paul says this, working together with him, we're ambassadors 
for Christ. He is our king. Then we appeal you appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul's pretty bold in saying today's the day. We have to recognize that God does the work. He plants the seeds. We share his message. He is the king. And we can offer that message, but God's the one who moves the heart. But as ambassadors, we have to be bold enough to walk with people in relationship alongside them to bring them to that point of salvation, to encourage them, and sometimes to be bold enough to say it out loud and let it not just be our being in the room or that our, our, our actions of seeking justice, but saying the words of the message of Jesus Christ. The great thing about embassies that they're a safe place. You can go seek asylum in them, you get refuge in them, both for our citizens in other countries and for their own. And that's what the church is supposed to be. This is our embassy in a foreign land. This church should be our embassy, our homes should be our embassies, the safe places where people can seek asylum. Let's recognize that everyone who walks into the doors of an, of an Embassy is not their own citizen. There are some people that walk into our doors that don't really know who Jesus is, but they're seeking safety. They're seeking an understanding of why this place is different than the rest of the land around them. So some of this, some, you may be some of those people. And we hope and we pray and we're trying to build a church that loves those who don't know Jesus and that wants to walk alongside and disciple and to share those answers that we know that we only get from one book about who he is. But there's going to be a transition that happens because there's a boldness that today is the day of salvation. So as you seek asylum, we hope you learn more about who God is. That this idea of reconciliation isn't about you being made right with us or you trying to make God right with you, but you bowing your knee to God, the King of all kings, and recognizing what he has done and then taking your position as an ambassador to share that message because you are valued and you are significant to him. And so God offers this great hope in salvation. But for the rest of us who are ambassadors, let's think about that a little bit. How have you been representing the king this week? Perhaps, perhaps you're not, and you might need to take a step of repenting of that and recognizing that and turning from your own heart to putting him in control. And we know those are through our words, our attitudes, our actions, and our being. 
And we need to represent him in all of those ways, not just one. That is the definition of being that ambassador, of representing God. Culture today says we don't get to define truth. That God's word can be merged into culture and then that's good enough. So how well have you been reconciling man to God or God to man? Are you honoring that message God has given us? Or have you changed it? Have you softened it so it feels acceptable? Are you engaged in studying it? Do you know it well enough to share it with others? Are you spending some time in prayer so that you understand when and how to use that? Because if we're not growing in it, God actually says we're moving backwards. We need to be growing in that consistently. Let's ask the question, do you know where you're assigned? I know as I look around the world I live in, it is not a safe place outside our doors. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's horrible. Uh, Spent some time this week sitting in a courtroom listening and just supporting people. And it was the most heart-wrenching thing to understand what people go through and how alone they feel. And there was multiple people who had no one beside them, no support, no family. And we're sent to do something different for them. So we need to understand that as ambassadors, we don't get to see our assignment as this building. It's not building it up, it's not repairing it only. Those are great things. But if we don't move outside our embassy, we've missed the point of being an ambassador. So how do you measure success? Because ambassadors are sent to be successful. If you remember our video at the beginning, our furniture maker, he loves the smell of the wood. Do you like the smell of this church? Do you like the smell of what you used to? He studies the techniques. He likes the joy of the community, of being with other furniture makers. Yet there's not one piece of furniture to show for it. There's no results. I don't think he can actually be called a furniture maker. You are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ, entrusted with this message of reconciliation to bring man to understand who God is, not to change God to man. And we love the feeling of being in his presence. We love our community. We love to study. We should love to study. We love to worship. And we should worship outside of this church, outside of this time. And we love to be in prayer and communicating with our Heavenly Father. But if all we are is just a museum sitting on the corner... I think we've missed the idea of being an ambassador. So where's your furniture? Now, success doesn't mean your furniture looks perfect. I've made a few pieces of furniture. 
Sometimes you can sit in them them and they work great. And sometimes you just put it in the wood pile or the fire pile and you start over. Sometimes it's a great gift for someone and sometimes you just hide it. (laughs) But it's not the idea of what does it look like. It is that process that we have gone and made something and then we've tested it. We validated it. And then maybe we need to start over. Because if you're a furniture maker, it also means you've done this multiple times. That we should make more than one chair to fit around the table. That we should create more tables so that more people spend time around them. And so unless we're continually out there redoing and moving this cycle, we've also missed the point of being an ambassador, of being a furniture maker. So as furniture makers make furniture, we are ambassadors. And as we leave these doors today, recognize who you represent. It's not you, it's the king. It's our heavenly father, it's Christ. Are you ready to complete the mission you've been given? Those missions often look different and they'll change over time. But do you even know your mission? Do you know you live in a foreign land? Going to the middle schools, I've got to learn a new language it feels like almost every week. They've taken a word and redefined it and use it differently. And then I have to realize it's my language that's wrong, not theirs. So how are you engaging in the land around us? And are you ready to be bold? To move beyond relationships and having people over for dinner or meeting them for coffee or saying, bless you, but to saying, hey, this is the message God has sent us. This is the message he has for you and that he desperately cares about who you are and that he wants you to be reunited with him on his terms and not yours. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your message to us. We thank you for how you value all of us and you call us to be your ambassadors. Lord, it is a blessing to know that it's not my image they're trying to, to, to be created in, that it's yours, that you are the king, that it's your message, that you have not gotten it wrong, Lord, and we love you, and we desperately look for opportunities to share that message in the community around us, and we ask that you give us boldness to go out and share that with our family and our friends, and our neighbors, and our enemies. In your name we pray. Amen.